You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Good morning, good evening, and good eye. My name is Paul, and welcome to another episode of Ask Drone You. We've got a very thought-provoking show today, Rob. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it and uh, have to admit that I feel like my input here is going to be limited because there are so many different directions that we could go or that one could go in really thinking about this. So it'll be exciting. It'll be fun. Yeah. And as we were saying in take one of this show, it would be a whole lot of fun if uh, this were an actual panel at a drone conference Mm -hmm. uh, where you literally get everyone in a room and they write on a board what they believe the most important innovations of the drone industry would be. Yeah. And then we pull the most outspoken people uh, in the audience up on stage and have a very calibrated discussion about it. Uh, That would be a fun panel. That would, but in lieu of that, we'd love to hear from you and your comments relative to this subject because uh, have to imagine that a lot of you have some thoughts on this subject and I don't know, just there are things that you would love to see, say drones be able to do or solve or whatever and we'd really like to hear about those things because I know we're going to probably think about 3% of what's out there. Sure, and I mean there's definitely room for input. Yeah. But today's question is definitely going to be a good one regarding what innovations could we bring to the industry right now to, to totally change things. But before we get to that Today's show is brought to you by DroneU is essentially having a mini fly-in. We're calling it an experience training. Just like the fly-in, which was a conference focused on providing students with the opportunity to fly various missions, to test their skills and to test their ability to, well, um, perform particular parts of drone jobs. Well, the experience training that we're having this year in Austin, Texas in November is seven days of training, and it's unlike anything we've ever done before. It's only open to eight students because what we're doing is we're offering three days of training, two days of scenario-based tests and exercises where students are actually going to have to produce drone deliverables for a resort that we are staying at. So yes, you drone pilots are going to be tasked with an actual drone job. It's creative and technical. So this is definitely a, a, a training that's going to test all facets of being a drone pilot. And then before the training is over, the experience training is over, drone pilots are actually going to have to present their deliverables to a panel that's going to include the actual owner of the property. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's going to truly test your ability, but because we don't want to just have, you know, throw your feet to the fire kind of test, we're also going to offer trainings that is included for this experience training. On top of all that, what does everyone who goes to the Drone You Fly-Ins and the trainings talk about at the end? They love the camaraderie. They love the ability to learn from one another. Well, in this experience training, guess what we're doing? You're actually staying on property with us. So we are all going to be in one huge, humongous property in Austin, Texas, right on the lake. That way you can get your questions asked and answered and you'll get time, well, to hang out with some friends in the drone industry. Now, on top of that, we're actually throwing a bonus two-day class because Kara's new course, Rob, 
is just astronomical in value. What am I talking about? Scaling your drone business. How many drone businesses do you know that have scalable systems to automate the process of onboarding clients, to automate the process of gaining information about drone jobs? How many drone businesses that you know have automation for drone delivery, have automation for upselling prints of the drone jobs that you already produced? And do you have automation for your newsletters? Do you have automation to keep your clients engaged? And do you have automation that makes your business more efficient as a whole and cheaper to run? Well, Kara Calvaca, who used this automation to run her business during the pandemic, it literally saved her life. She broke her back during the pandemic. And well, Rob, her business kept producing revenue thanks to these autonomous systems. So we are offering this scaling systems and sales course. It is two days long. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Rob. I am going to be implementing these systems while people are going through the training because it is so powerful. It is astronomically powerful. And I can't believe I haven't done this in my own business. And you just got to give mad props get it props, uh, to Kara, because she has autonomized her business to the extent to which she completely focuses on the creative deliverables and everything else just works like magic. Now for me, that is like the pinnacle of success because she is able to do everything in her business to the best possible capability and the least amount of effort. If you want to be like Kara, you can join us for the Scaling Your Drone Business Systems class that's also going to take place during, or excuse me, right after the experience training. Those eight seats for the experience training have this, this course included for no extra charge. Now, if you want to come to the Scaling Your Drone Business Systems class, there are 12 additional seats on top of the eight. I promise you will not want to miss this course. It will be game changing for your business because you're going to be trained and then tasked to produce deliverables. And then you're going to be tested on your ability to, to deliver them and get feedback. So guess what? If you fail, you get to fail in front of us, not the client and save your business. But chances are you're not going to fail. Chances are you are going to have a whole lot of fun. You're going to learn a whole lot and you're going to fundamentally transform your business into a sales machine, into an automation machine. That way you can focus on what you truly love to do, which is flying. Hey, Rob, Paul, uh, this is Ahmed from Toronto. Uh, love listening to your show, guys. Keep it up. I had a long career in cybersecurity and currently I'm doing masters in innovation. I want to build an innovation-driven drone startup, not a drone service provider. My question to you, what would be the top three gaps, domains, or challenges in the current drone industry that needs more innovation or better uh, solutions. Would love to hear your crazy thoughts, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Ahmed. That's a really great question, and we're pleased that you have sent it in. Thank you. AskDroneU.com is where Ahmed did that. And uh, what a cool pursuit that he's after, right? I didn't even know that that was a degree, Master's in Innovation. That's super cool as well. But probably opens the door to a lot of work, you know, probably does. Yeah. 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 I'm sure there's don't go to Silicon Valley. Go elsewhere. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Really. Seriously. I don't know what comes to mind for you. 
It's funny. I was going to ask you first. I was going to open up the door for you first. I mean, just oh, based off everything that you hear from students, the industry as a whole. I know you say you don't have a pedestal to speak from, but Rob, we've done 1,300 episodes of this show. Yeah. So I think one of, I mean, one of the things people would love is uh, longer flight times. I think so changing up and innovating propulsion. Well, I'm going to leave that for you. I was just thinking batteries, but I think when you add that into better batteries, then now you've got the best of both worlds coming together to who knows. I mean, why not think about flying for 12 hours? Well, you know, what's really interesting with that is we've seen the the evolution and development of battery technology with DJI, Mm -hmm. and we're seeing the importance of balanced batteries, thermally insulated batteries, um, protecting from over-discharge and protecting from, uh, you know, uh, not being charged properly and whatnot, and... A lot of people may not think that this is a is a big deal or an important aspect of being a drone manufacturer, but I really believe that we will not have a fundamentally um, uh, comparable or a competitive drone to DJI until we have a drone manufacturer who's focused around changing propulsion, changing our battery and power plant systems. Because look at GM, right? GM is supposed to be this awesome, everyone invests in GM, says Jim Cramer, uh, because they've got this awesome platform that they can develop any electric vehicle off of. Well, we all learned that that's a sham and a lie uh, because they just recall like the Volt. Yeah, they just recalled all the volts <laughs> because oh yeah, it might burn down your garage and you have to you did you read did you read what they put out? You have to physically stay with the vehicle and watch it charge in order for it to be safe. Speechless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, GM, you might want to take a page out of DJI's book uh, or Tesla's. That was the one thing that truly impressed me, by the way, when I rode in uh, his name, which shall not be spoken, Tesla. Um, is the battery management, how it even limited yeah. him from flooring the car once it was below 20% battery. Imagine and I, what else it can control, but that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> that was dark. <laughs> well, True. that's True, the world we live in. But dark. Anyways, I don't want to go there. Yeah, I really don't. I don't either because I won't ever buy a Tesla because it doesn't have a physical key, but that's just me. Uh, anyway, so uh, that said, um, GM could learn from this. I think pr- I think you're right on the money with propulsion, right? If we had drones that could be flying much longer periods of time, it would definitely automate things like drone delivery. It would allow for more robust uh, drone services. Um, and it just makes you wonder, when is uh, the right battery technology or maybe batteries aren't the way to go? Maybe it's a hybrid yeah. propulsion system. I mean, we know DOD developed back in the early 2000s drones that could fly themselves perpetually because they created this algorithm on a fixed wing drone where it would have a pusher motor and a puller motor. And the puller motor was actually a reverse polarity. So it was generating energy as the prop wash from, uh, excuse me, I got. I said puller and pusher. I mixed them up. Let's just imagine a prop on the front of the drone <laughs> and on the back, but it's a fixed wing, okay? And essentially, the prop on the front of the drone is powering the prop on the rear of the drone, but it's generating energy. And then they figured out this perfect undulating flight path where they could fly perpetually. And it just makes you wonder. That's amazing. Why haven't, and I only know that because I meant the designer, um, why do we not have something like that in uh, in the air right now? I mean, yeah. w- you know, why don't we have 
have some sort of propulsion system that allows us to do a whole lot more with drones. Um, I mean, like, how come we can't, you know, miniaturize turbine systems for power generation? You know, why can't there's I know that there's a lot of what ifs, but to answer his question, well, that's what he's asking. Yeah. The what ifs. To answer his question and to just ta- to tackle on to what Rob said, I agree. If we could change propulsion in these drones, it would be it would be in- immensely game changing for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So here's the next thing. Um, I have to bring it up. I, I'm happy you are because it was literally all three topics of the news show yesterday. So if I if you're gonna say what I think you're gonna say, I don't think I am. Okay, well let's hear it. Am I? No, I want to talk about Neuralink. Oh, no. That's, no, 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 I didn't no. think so. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> so, I'm at, are you familiar with Neuralink, one of Elon Musk's way out there companies? It's actually kind of a freaky concept that they're working on as we speak. Look it up. There's a two-hour video on YouTube about it, and it is actually happening. Engineers are hired, blah, blah, blah. But you want to be way out there. And what did you, what did you say? Crazy ideas? <laughs> Partner with Mr. Elon. And have it so that Neuralink could uh, fly drones. Paul didn't like my idea. I just thought it was, I, I wondered how, like, what type of learning curve would be involved because a lot of experienced pilots uh, treat drones, as Lisa said, like an appendage, right? Yeah. And you're not really consciously thinking of roll right, roll left. It's just like you know what to move to get that to happen. And so I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, first of all, I would not want a transmitter anywhere near my head. No, so no, no. That's I, a we whole would different... have to plug the Neuralink into a transmitter because I don't want all that radiation near my brain. Okay? <laughs> of course not. Yeah, that's a whole different <laughs> subject, but it has to be included. You're right. Because just look up Neuralink and, and you'll know what we're talking about if you don't already because it's pretty intense. Well, if you could use Neuralink to learn anything or do anything, what would you do? Oh, man. Trade. Yeah, me too. <laughs> from a from a purely like secular, uh, secular practical. <laughs> well, we now know where Rob's dreams lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I wish I was a lot better at that. But anyways, um, you mentioned you mentioned parachutes. So is that really a thing that you think needs a lot of development? Um, well, I kind of wanted before <laughs> the answer is yes. What it really comes down to, I would say answer number two, or I guess two three um, would be revolutionizing the safety aspect of drones Mm. Um, because these parachute solutions are a joke. They do not make flying safer. Uh, They inhibit airflow. They make the CG all cattywampus on these drones, making them less stable, less capable. And a lot of these parachute systems literally sit on top of the compass, uh, like literally where your GPS gets its information. And I have seen... More flyaways with students who have had the parachute on their Phantom than without them. Mm-hmm. It literally makes the drone less safe. Yet it's trying. Yeah, and so I guess how could we develop a system like I'm thinking James Bond right here? Okay, so hear me out. Remember James Bond? I don't know which James Bond it is, but he's like skiing down the hill. And he's got this, I think it's a very old James Bond, and he's got this like backpack that creates a bubble around him in the case of an avalanche. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And then he literally, the avalanche happens and he pulls the ripcord and whoop, this bubble just 
you know, instantly yeah. <laughs> inflates around him. Why can't we have that for drones? Because then the drone is safe. It doesn't break when it hits the ground. Um, whoever's staring there, standing there staring at the drone and gets hit by it, well, they're not going to get hurt either. Might be a literal wake-up call for them, though. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but I mean, can you imagine, would the FAA even regulate drones at that point anymore if drones were that safe? Because, I mean, our safety record is superb. And I feel like the FAA and other people like AUVSI do a really good job of trying to report that we're not that safe and that we need more enforcement. We need all these things. I, I think it's I think it's the opposite. I've had FAA administrators come up to me and say that they regret going after Raphael Perker. I mean, that says everything about the industry and regulation as a whole, in my opinion. If mm. you don't understand that sentence, then you got a lot of learning to do. But my point is not to uh, is not to dig at people. My point is to say is that the Raphael Perker case was like the start to everything mm -hmm. regula regulation wise. And for for people in the FAA to say that they regret going after it, I think says everything that we need to know about the current state of regulations now that right. that said that's my opinion not the opinion of drone you uh that said uh, <laughs> identity um that said if our drones were safer would they really be regulated because it goes back to right the whole idea of the science behind regulating drones flying over people was the force and impact that they caused uh, upon crashing and we have Virginia Tech to thank so much for using the pilots that they did for those tests because it's a very low threshold of force, which is great. That's, that's what the industry needs because these drones are very safe if we have knowledgeable pilots who don't trust sensors to actually fly them because sensors have flaws, uh, a lot like Tesla running into a back of an 18-wheeler at 90 miles an hour because of, oh, yeah, what? Reflectivity. Oh, yeah, why? Because of stereoscopic cameras. Oh, yeah, why? Because the rules of photogrammetry. I digress. Anyway. <laughs> Save her drones. <laughs> so, That's what we're talking about here. Um, Save her drones. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine a bubble, an inflatable bubble that if you were to crash, it would just inflate and it would be like some nylon material or whatever. So that way it doesn't get poked and prodded by a tree branch and break. You know, it would like, yeah. it would break the branch itself. I don't know. Would it fill up with helium at the same time? Since it's in the air that we're talking about, uh, not in an avalanche. Well, then that would that would literally cause a flyaway. It'd be the most beautiful flyaway of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the slowest flyaway. It wouldn't, no, it would call a float away, and I think maybe it would, the float away. You could find it. <laughs> you put a beacon on it. I don't know. Uh, let's see how far our drones can travel. Would have a whole new meaning. Well, it's got to float. Other, or it's got to make it come down slow, right? Otherwise, what's the point? Well, I guess if it hits the ground fast, it's gonna just bounce, kind of thing. Is that? Yeah. We're getting beach way in, ball. We're getting too beach in, ball. into the weeds here. <laughs> I like it though. I think it's fun to think about. Yeah. Um, but now what innovation, let's moving on to the next form of innovation that we think would be absolutely crucial. Let's go back to the new show, what we talked about this week in the new show, where um, the infrastructure bill mm -hmm. is going to further limit who can buy Chinese drones or drones with Chinese made parts. Now that covers everybody. Okay. But in a recent survey, 92% of all public safety drones are, guess what? Chinese. Okay? Now, when it comes to cybersecurity, in my eyes, you cut the conduit, you cut the problem. Okay? And there was definitely legitimate problems with security, but they're also very legitimately and easily fixed, in my opinion. My humble opinion. Um, that said, what innovation 
could the industry really, really benefit from? And Rob, you said it really well on our walk. Do you remember that that little sentence that you used? No. It was just that we need a phantom competitor. We need a, a non-DJI drone that's DJI. <laughs> that, mm. that we need a North American-made aircraft that actually competes on size, price, and features with something like a phantom. Yeah. And or, I don't or even the Mavic. Mavic 2. Yeah, yeah, Mavic, yes. But I, we can focus I, I on the Phantom, that. that's okay. Well, the reason I brought up the Phantom is for the technical yeah. deliverables. Sure. And the, the Mavic doesn't do that. Um, True. At least not at scale. So, not yes, yet. I mean a Phantom. I mean something that you can put in a backpack, you can throw it in a truck. It is small, it is capable, it's got a very reliable long-distance communication signal, a very reliable VTX. Doesn't cost 10 grand. Doesn't, doesn't cost $10,000. Mm-hmm. You know... That brings up a whole nother podcast topic is where the hell are these damn American drones? Where, where's, Stay tuned. where's the air peak? Where's the, where's the little new Alta or whatever the free flight came out with? Like I've been on that damn list for a year now. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. I digress. It, it just showcases the problem that we really do need a sub $2,000 American made phantom drone. I mean, we really need that. It would solve all these problems. Um, if some of the existing manufacturers would get out of their myopic state of engineering, they would be a billionaires because they could provide exactly what we need. And we don't, a lot of these uh, other solutions don't have the reliability of the, of the command and control link. They can't fly that far. They rely on sensors and the pilot's not ultimately in charge. And that causes catastrophic problems. Potentially. And, one of our students had the problem. There um, you go. Anyway, um, long story short is I'm not trying to dig at anyone. I'm trying to say that it, the the formula is not difficult. The difficulty is scaling the formula so that way they could sell the drone at a price point that makes sense. Yeah. And so you're now talking about a company that's got to produce its own power plant, meaning battery production. It's got to produce its own ESCs. It's got to produce its own flight controllers. Um, And, you know, 3DR was really the best situated to do that at the time, but they were unable to scale. Um, And, I mean, Autel is, is, is like right there. Although it's, you know, you know, while we love Autel, they're still Chinese made. And I know they have their new plant in California and I know they're working on all that. But again, when are we going to see a Phantom drone? Thus, a camera sensor that is actually large enough to be flown to do creative and technical aspects. Mm. A drone that can fly further than 2,000 feet out because line of sight is technically just past that. Um, you know, a drone that is reliable and works over time. It's robust and it's, it provides consistent results. As Bill would say, we need the damn Honda Civic of drones already. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's true. Remember or that me- article? I do. Yeah, I know. That's absolutely well said. Well, I mean, you know it. You see it. I mean, all the time. Even it's just hilarious because like we just had, I'm not going to name the person, but we just had uh, a gentleman who represents his public works department for the for the city government that he lives in the city. And his particular issue is is an example of what we're seeing all over the country where these programs are buying these $20,000, $30,000 drones 
and they're not getting off the ground. You make one error and it's catastrophic. And meanwhile, they could have bought 10 Phantoms for the same price, you know, have a lot of room of, for improvement on flying capabilities. If they crash one or two of them, who cares? And they're not training people. And I mean, well, I mean, they they are training people because they sent their person to us, which we're grateful for. But the time that it took to get the training is kind of astronomical, frankly. And to expect people to essentially learn to fly an F-16 for their first plane is a little ridiculous. It's almost if I gave Emily a Ferrari, call up Emily and be like, hey, you want to go to CSU? I'll buy you a Ferrari. Guarantee it's done deal. <laughs> Now I just got to be able to afford the Ferrari. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, you're not going to give your 16-year-old a Ferrari to learn to drive, right? Why are you going to give him an M300? Same thing. And so it just goes back to there is this uh, idea that the best drones come from the most amount of money, and that's not true. And we need an aircraft that compares to DJI, that operates like DJI, doesn't have the communist daddy, you can't fly here geofencing that we absolutely hate, but we can get past with hacks. Um, we need that. And if that, if there was a company that produced that, they would be the next Boeing of aviation in the drone community. And no offense, but it's not rocket science. The hard part is figuring out the scaling of manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And there are people who literally come from programs that are taught how to do exactly that. In fact, my nephew, he's going to uh, University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and he is literally going to a, a, a program that's all about uh, supply chain uh, automation hmm. and blockchain automation. Interesting. So... Yeah. It's coming. I mean, well, it's already here in many ways. Agreed. And so to kind of recap it all, what are the things that would be life-changing for the drone industry? Propulsion change, right? That's what you mentioned. And then uh, some sort of Neuralink for control <laughs> is what Rob mentioned. Uh, I, hey, I love it. I wish it was like the Matrix and I could just download, you know, yeah. years of information and fully retain it all. You know what I mean? That would be really cool. I would love that. I don't not sure that Neuralink is going to give me that, but I'm not sure either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, um, but, ask Elon. Well, and it's funny, I just read an article on CNBC that the competitor to Neuralink just got their patents and whatnot ahead of Neuralink. I found that interesting. No way. Uh-huh. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah, I got to dig into that. Yeah. Um, but then also recapping, we talked about having a phantom competitor so we can have a North American-made vehicle. Make them in Mexico. Who cares? Yeah. Make them in Canada. They spend a lot of time indoors. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But not during the summer. Anyway. <laughs> and then we also talked about uh, a safer, uh, some sort of safety mechanism or, or way to keep drones yeah, even safety. more safe than, frankly, they already are. But Yeah. You know, there are explosive life preservers. You know, the ones that yeah. we wear for paddleboarding where you just pull something and goes <laughs> and makes a life preserver. Why can't we do that for a drone? Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know. I If I had a lot more time and money, man, I would have a heyday with these things. Yeah, it'd be fun. It really be would be fun. fun. Well, we hope that answered this uh, this question for you. I love these questions, but... And we really want to know what you guys think, because again, there's got to be some great ideas out there that uh, somebody like Ahmed, who is literally getting educated in innovation and how to, to bring it to bear, um, would love to hear, I'm sure. Now, if I were to really go down the rabbit hole, Rob, mm -hmm. and what I would love to see that would be absolutely aviation changing is 
quantum propulsion in a drone, hybrid flight in a drone. That's what I would like to see, like the Navy patent that showcases hybrid flight capabilities. I want to see that in a damn drone because then we're only years away from the Jetsons being real life. And I am ready for that. I am Uh. ready to cruise the skies and not the streets because, man, there are just too many angry people holding up the left lane and they really don't like it when I cut them off. So I'm just saying. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) Hey, if you're going Uh, 10 miles an hour under the speed limit, you deserve it. (laughs) uh, I don't know about that. But anyways, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was, and I, I got, I agree with Rob. You've got to, we would love to hear your thoughts on this uh, from our community as a whole. So, uh, so make sure you leave some comments. This, uh, this might be some comments that Rob actually reads this time. I don't know. All right, on that bombshell, no, that's, that's going to do it for <laughs> us <kidding>. today. <laughs> we believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.